All right, well, good evening and welcome to our Wednesday midweek service. Uh, we're going to open up a, a different teaching today. And actually, uh, we're going to do something different. We'll be talking about this also on Sunday. Uh, but our topic for today is anointed associations, anointed associations. You know, subtopic birthing suite. The subtopic is birthing suite. So we're talking about anointed associations. Let's go here to Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18. We're going, to, we're going to target verse 9. It says, Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision. It says, Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. It says, For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. Why? After this, the colon it says, For I have much people in this city. I have much people in this city. And so he's, he's encouraging Paul, you know, just whatever I pour in, you pour out. Don't worry about any opposition or people not being able to handle uh, this insight and this truth because it's against their culture. He says, nobody's going to hurt you because I have much people in this city. So I have like-minded people, a remnant there to keep you uh, strengthened and inspired and encouraged and protect it. All right. And um, let's see. What's going to do John 2? Well, well, let's do John 2. We'll just do John 2. Just to lock in to what we want to talk about. And John 2, and we'll start at verse 3. I guess I'll start at verse 1. It says, in the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. Now, this is what Jesus' response is. He said unto her, woman, what have, I have, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, now she didn't even respond to Jesus. She said unto the servants, whatever he says, says unto you, do it. Uh, and then, you know, story goes on where he uh, uh, told them to grab some water pots and pour out the water. And the water was converted into wine. But the interesting thing is, he says, woman, I don't have nothing to do with you. It's not my time. But she kept speaking in that environment what was needed to place a demand on him to operate in the first miracle. Right? And so, um, go to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Familiar scripture at this church, but 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. It says, For now has God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased him. Right, you, you know, you, you go up further in, um, uh, through this practice, it's talking about one body and many members. Romans 12 talks about one body and many members. Uh, it's first part of uh, the survival kit class uh, that talks about, you know, we're many members of one body, but all we don't all have the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ. That's the index finger on the hand in survival kit. And so what's so interesting here is the first scripture, he says we have much people in this city. The second scripture Jesus was in an environment with uh, his disciples and his mom, but his mom was strategically placed and strategically communicated what was needed to be spoken in the atmosphere to stir up the gifts in him to move, right? And then you have God set the members in the body as it pleases him. So this is what God was showing me. We are given a family inside of his body. 
we're, so, so God has this body and we're, we, we're a part of this family within this body. Let's go to Ephesians, Ephesians uh, 3, Ephesians 3. And start here at verse 14. It says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, look, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And it says that he will grant you according to his riches and glory, look, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. Pretty much the whole picture, right? And that's Ephesians 3. In Ephesians 4, let's look at verse 16. It says, from, from whom the whole body, keyword here, fitly joined together, compacted by that which, look, every joint supply of according to the effectual working in the measure of every part Make it increase in the body to the edifying of building itself up, edifying of itself in love. So here you have this body put together, um, and, and this body uh, strengthens and builds itself up, right? Each part is fitly joined together to benefit one another, right? And so why did God do, why is God doing this? He creates what he what he, we're talking about today, anointed associations, because they show us, number one, our blind spots. Number two, they can show us our rear, what's in our rear. What's, what, you know, um, uh, the, the uh, things that God wants us to, to recognize, that's a, all the pieces to the puzzle. Like, like you can see uh, the breadcrumbs, and the breadcrumbs are not just where you're going, but they're also uh, what was leading up to where you're going. So they'll show us our blind spots, our rear, what's in, what's out ahead, right? See, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, they'll show us things to come. The scripture says in John 16, the Holy Spirit shows us things to come. These anointed associations are filled with the Holy Spirit. And when they speak out, they'll be showing us things to come. They'll be showing us, they'll be saying different things. I remember God was ministering to me uh, one time I had... I was just sitting with him, and he just started going through a Rolodex of all these people, uh, uh, these generals, these different men of God, and he was like, uh, this person sees it, this person sees it, this person sees it, this person sees it, this person sees it. Then he was showing me all the different things that they had spoken out um, and had shared uh, in my life. Or, you know, case in point, I meet Pastor Mel, I had a... a professional trial in a league called the Continental Basketball Association. It used to be the version of the, uh, uh, what is it now? The NDBL, what is it? whatever the uh, preparation league is for the NBA. So the CBA was the, the preparation league. And so I meet Pastor Mel, and the first thing comes out of our mouth, are you a minister? The first thing came out of our mouth. Like, you could ask a thousand questions. But that's the first thing that came out of my mouth. And I was like, nah, I got a tryout next week. <laughs> so God's, God used uh, my future wife to speak out uh, where I was going, right, by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so, so what happens is when this happens, um, these, God brings these anointed associations around us because a lot of times we can't see it because we're in it. See, we're, we're inside of this purpose, this God plan, this destiny. And a lot of times we're so caught up, we can't see it. So God sends anointed associations to show us what's in the whole picture, what's in our rear, where we're going, right? And in, in actuality, where we truly are, right? And if we're, we're king, we'll pick up these things. Now, now um, I was supposed to talk about discipline this week, and God threw an audible. And how he did it, we had a guest that uh, came to visit us, uh, Joan Rugan, 
Um, she's sitting up there. Joan is 80, 84. And uh, uh, she's, uh, Joan's, Joan's Jewish. Uh, she's been a, a friend of Pastor Mel's as she uh, spoke out since 1997, right? And um, so she's been a friend of ours since 1997. <laughs> and uh, like Joan was just speaking stuff. She wasn't trying to prophesy and nothing. She was just in the environment. She was speaking things. And um, it was just, uh, she said, uh, she said, um, she says, what's going on a- a- around you, uh, around you guys? Is God's stamp of approval on your ministry? All right? Now, but, but it wasn't like, you know how people take the position of an authority or take a position of let me teach you something. It wasn't even that. It was just, we were just having regular conversation. I don't even think she realized what she said. But I wrote it down. Right? Then um, she said, man, she said, this is, I don't want to say this specific thing because I think that's later on in what I'm about to share. But she says, every time I look around, I see supernatural things happen around you guys since I've known you. She says, and there's more supernatural things happening because you dare to believe. So I wrote that down. Uh, and then, then she said this. She says, you know what? She says, she kept saying it. She says, you guys are living in the supernatural. She said, you guys are living in the supernatural. And she says, because, she says, nah, nah. She says, all you have to do, she says, all you need to do is speak it or think it and God will make it happen. She says, because you're living in the supernatural, so if you speak it in the atmosphere, things are going to happen. And different things was happening while she was around. But she, she was talking about since she's known us. And, and as she was listening to the details from what she was watching on the outside, she was like, man, you guys live in the supernatural. And you can make a thousand statements, but I heard it. Like God used her to speak stuff that I heard See, I wouldn't have saw that. You know why? Because I'm living in it. So I, so I don't, we don't sit around talking about, yeah, you know, we're just living in the supernatural. We don't even be rolling like that. We're just living for God. We're, we're within it. But for whatever reason, God wanted us to see that. And why? Because he wanted us to speak more stuff in the atmosphere. Right? So he sent an anointed association for us to recognize. And so, so we're, you know, we were out to eat and Pastor Mel asked, so we're in this restaurant and you got all these fans, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 fans. And so, and it was cold. When we walked in, it was freezing. So Pastor Mel was like, asked, could they turn off the fan that was above us? So John looked up and all the fans was off. They didn't just turn off one, they turned off all of them. She said, see, see, see? Y'all living in the supernatural. She said, that don't happen. You know, and it was, it, I think they went out and they went out, oh, they were ordering food. And this particular place they went, they were, they were going to the airport. It's, uh, it's ready made, right? Was it made to order? Is that right? Made to order. So once you order, that's your order. Yeah, because they're making it when you order it. So then the other person that's on the flight, they called and said, man, I would like that too. And so Joan was like, well, you know, we already ordered. You know, it was, it's, it's made to order. And so my wife got up there and asked, could they give her extra? She says, well, it's made to order, ma'am. You know, we can't do it. But you know what? I'm going to do it for you. Joan said, you know, see, what I told you, you guys are... You guys are living in the supernatural. She says, y'all can just, you can just ask what you want. Just put it in the atmosphere. And it was something else we were talking about, and we, we, we were just talking about it, and it happened. She says, see, y'all can either, y'all either speak it or think about it, and God makes it happen. But when she said it, I, I'm connecting to so many things that we have been 
believing for or thinking about. Some we spoke out, some we didn't, but God made it happen. A lot of times we, what I have been saying is, well, let's investigate and see what it takes to do that. And before you know it, God's done it, right? And so, so, so it made me think about um, just this whole um, um, anointed associations. And what God was showing me is that anointed associations facilitate inspired impartation. Anointed associations facilitate inspired impartation. Anointed associations facilitate inspired impartations. And so, so, so let's just talk about this impartation for a second. So, so impartation is the ability to give unto others that which God has given unto us. It's the ability to give unto others that which God has given unto us. And that could be love. God pours love in us to pour out to others. Could be inspiration. Could be revelation, anointing, or gifting. But God pours it into us to pour out to others. You know, freely is given, so freely we give, right? That's what Scripture says in Matthew, Right? So, so this happens either sovereignly or through other anointed vessels or messengers of God. Sovereignly, of course, is it happens through God making it happen his way, or he'll use other anointed vessels to do it, right? Impartation. It's also an invisible flowing of spiritual ability, an invisible, because you can't really see it, an invisible flowing of spiritual ability that goes from the spirit and heart of one of God's vessels through, a lot of times, the arms and hands into the spirit and heart of another chosen vessel, either through proximity, prophecy, or having hands laid on you. So what it is, it's an invisible flowing of spiritual ability that goes from the spirit and heart of one chosen vessel through the arms, hands, or body uh, into the spirit and heart of another chosen vessel, either through proximity, prophecy, or having hands laid on them. And so this impartation can happen several ways. This, um, this impartation can happen several ways. God in his sovereignty, as we talked about, imparts a certain ability that enables people to do what they had not been able to do before through Christ and the Holy Spirit or anointed men and women of God. So he imparts a certain ability that enables people to do what they hadn't been able to do before. That's why when God requests something, places a demand on us, we shouldn't be so quick to say what we can't do. It's not about what we can't do. It's about what God wants to do through us, right? So through impartation, we can do some things we've never done before. I know I, <laughs> I do a lot that I've never done before, right? So, so this impartation, the ways this, this, this happens is through example, by example, we become what we look at over time. So in other words, there's got to put an, a, in, in proximity an example around us. And we spend so much time around that example, um, we actually, uh, it actually draws us into the place where God wants us to be drawn into. All right. So it's so interesting. There was a gentleman, I heard about him years ago, he's a little, little basketball legend. And he would come out on the basketball court he would go, see, who do I want to be today? Ah, Julius Irvin, Dr. J. And he would play like Dr. J. You know, or, or he'd come out on the court and say, ah, Iceman, George Gervin. I might not even know these people. But I'm going to play like Iceman. And, and so, interesting enough, I, I, I used to watch people. So I watched uh, Maurice Cheeks uh, uh, play for the Philadelphia 76ers, Ross Strickland. You know, he, you know, I used to play with his brother, but he played in our community. Um, and uh, people walk up to me and say, man, you play just like Rod Strickland. Uh, you know what you, know you mind me of? Maurice Cheeks. There's other guy, Brett Ryans. Some of you guys know Brett Ryans. We call him the stinker. 
You know, he's just one of the purest shooters I've ever seen in my life. And somebody comes to me, you know, you play just like Brett Ryan. But I watched these people so much, I picked up what they were doing, right? So the same thing happens in the anointing. You know, if you're around anointed men and women of God, you become what you look at over time. Now, that happens in the negative, too. <laughs> right? Association breeds assimilation, right? Birds of a feather flock together, but they also fly to the same destination. Right? So a lot of times when you're watching these shows, you ever, you know, some of you have kids and some of you have friends and some of you have been this person. You ever see the person, they watch all these shows and they, their lifestyle starts to play out like the, like the reality show? Because they, I mean, they pretty much are absorbing this community all the time. You know, so they, so they end up dealing with the same drama they're dealing with. Right? Because this is, the, this is their advice. All these, uh, these little lines and cliches that keep you away from God, they start following these things. So, so what you look on, you become over time. But, but God sends anointed associations so we'll look on the anointed associations and become anointed, <laughs> right? So first, first Peter five, first Peter five. First Peter five, verse three. It says this, um, well, I'll start at verse two. It says, feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Verse 3, neither as being lords over God's heritage, I'm sorry, over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. So even people that lead, they lead by, God wants us to lead by example. He wants us to be what we're teaching, be what we're expressing, be what we're guiding people to. You know, that's why people struggle in, in promotion because they know what to tell other people to do, but they don't know how to be what they're telling them to do, right? So, so if anointing associations are sent to us to show us how to operate in anointing. So John 13, let's look at that. Let's look at John 13 real quick. Bless you. John 13, 15. Look, it says, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. I have given you an example. Remember, Jesus came to show us how to live this life out. Anointed association so, so we can receive an impartation by an example. Now, of course, you can also receive it by words, by words being spoken for our lives and actions, by words and actions. Right. Let's go to First Thessalonians two. First Thessalonians two. So this is an impartation. So when I'm in an environment, I can pick up on what people are doing because I'm constantly looking at their example. But I also can pick up on what they are saying. So First Thessalonians two. This is good. Starting verse seven. It says, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. It says, so being affectionately desires of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only. We did give you the gospel, right? But it says not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. But you remember, brethren, our labor and travail for our labor night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preach unto you the gospel of God. So what he's saying is like we gave all of ourselves. Yeah, the scripture says, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. You know, uh, uh, heart, soul, and might, it might be. Um, so what they're saying is we didn't we were going to reach a limit in ourselves, but your life was so important, uh, we just kept ministering that word to you, right? Gave of our own souls, right? So, so, so words are a way. 
And look at this, Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Again, anointed associations can really facilitate impartation in our lives. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Look, it says, while Peter yet spake these words. Peter is breaking down just the reality of what's going on. This is when Cornelius and them um, gathered all the Gentiles to come and talk to Peter. And Peter, you know, God gave him a vision. Don't curse what I call blessed. I know people use that scripture for something else, but that's what he was telling them. You know, he says, just, you know, he says, he says, now nah, you need to go minister to the Gentiles too, right? And so as he starts ministering to them, he, he walks them through the gospel and let them know how they got to the point where they were walking in the power and the anointing of God, right? And then he gets here in verse 44, it says, while Peter yet spake these words, he was speaking, it says, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. It says, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Right? So look, he was just speaking and preaching and breaking down the gospel, and it pierced their hearts so the Holy Spirit just fell on them. It didn't even say he laid hands. Just, just creating an atmosphere of the word, it had an impact on them. That's why the scripture says, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't sit in the seat of scornful or standing away. I might be saying it wrong. Walk in the counsel of the godly. Sit in the seat of scornful. Standing. So it's walk, sit, stand, right? Okay. Stand in the way of sin. It says, but your, light, your delight shall be in the law of the Lord. Right? It says, walk not in counsel of God, nor, nor, is it stand next, right? I knew that didn't sound right. Y'all know what I mean. It's saying, don't walk, sit, or stand in the environment where you're getting the wrong words around you. Because you'll absorb it and become it. So, so you want to be around anointed associations because you'll absorb it and become it. Right? That's, that, that's what it's trying to let, you, let us know. That's why I'm saying you got to watch what you, who's got your ear. Right? You got to watch who's got your ear. Right? And another way for impartation, which uh, we've heard a lot, is by the laying on of hands of someone who has the same gift through uh, anointing, or, anointing with oil and with prayer. So somebody may have the same gift and they may impart it by laying on of hands. We did the ordination, we laid hands, right? You know, a lot of times ministering healing, we laid hands. Let's look at Acts. So you, you see here with Peter, Peter just spoke the word and they received the Holy Spirit. So look at Acts 19. 19, and we'll start here at Verse 2. All right, we start at verse 1. It says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus to find certain disciples. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? He was like, so what were you baptized in? You know, and they said unto John's baptism, so baptism of water. Then he said unto, uh, then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe that that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Right? They started to speak out into the atmosphere things that were going to build them up, things that was going to edify them, things that were showing them where they were, showing them where they're at, and showing them where they're going. Right? They became anointed associates. Right? Anointed associates at this particular time. Look at 2 Timothy 1. 2 Timothy. So laying on of hands is another way 
these anointed associates can impart what God has imparted in them. 2 Timothy 1, and we'll start at verse 2. It says uh, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. It says, I, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Like I'm constantly interceding for you. This is greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. So when I get to see you, I have something to give you, but just when I'm around you, I'm going to get something out the deal also. It says, it says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, look, which first dwelt in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee, I am persuaded that in thee also, that basically that is in thee also. Verse 6, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stirred the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Right? To stir that gift up, right? So a lot of times, God will have somebody stir up gifts by putting on them hands. He tells them in, uh, in chapter 4, 14, neglect not the gift that is in thee which is given to thee by prophecy, speaking uh, uh, the word, speaking, speaking anointed words from God and with the laying on the hands of the, of the presbytery, right? He says, so so um, the, the Weymouth transla- uh, New Testament translation says this, do not be careless about the gifts which you were endowed, which were conferred on you through a divine revelation when the hands of the elders were placed upon you. The, the key word there is divine revelation. So a lot of times when you're around anointed associations, things get stirred up in the atmosphere and things get sp- spoken out. You know, me and Pastor Mel, we have a lot of conversations just when we sit down, when we walk by the way, when we get it up, when we're driving somewhere. And we'll get into a conversation about a topic and, and just insight and revelation comes out, Right? Because we're, when you're in anointed associations, I mean, we was out on the porch one time. We were just talking after service, and just stuff just started getting downloaded, right? Because you're in that atmosphere, and God can move, right? So you don't want to take those things for granted, you know. And then um, another way to receive impartation is, is worship and prayer, through worship and prayer, right? You know, Acts chapter 2. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. And so remember, Jesus sent them in the upper room, right? And he wanted them to be on one accord, right? You know, Acts chapter 1, he says, you shall be endowed with power. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit shall fall upon you. He says, so tarry or wait in Jerusalem in the upper room. So they go into the upper room. It says they was on, in one, on one accord. Uh, um, we'll go to Acts chapter 2. Well, focus on, on, on verse 2, but we'll start with verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with, look, one accord in one place. They, right? They. So we had a lot of anointed associations. It says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven, cloven tongues like, at, like as a fire, and it set upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirits gave them utterance. If you keep on reading, it says there were devout men from all over the country. And it was like, how are these guys speaking in our language? So they were being inspired, encouraged, and hearing God get the glory in their language from people that wasn't from their country. Because they were around what? Anointed associations, right? Now, all these things are ways you, you uh, when you're around anointing associations, you get impartation. But most of the time, mostly you get an um, impartation through relationship. Mostly through relationship or proximity. Mostly through relationship or proximity. All right, I'm, you know, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to. 
I'm going to read most of this passage because it's important. Let's go to 2 Kings. Okay, I did do that. Good. 2 Kings 2. Learned a lot through this relationship here. It's, it's the foundational relationship for the book God's Armor Bearer. Um, uh, but it's, it's pretty powerful. All right, so we'll, we'll start here, verse 1. It says, It came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elijah from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elijah, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. I don't have time to get into the reason why he kept going to these particular places. I'll do that maybe next week or maybe Sunday. It says, uh, so Elijah, he says, Terry, I pray the Lord, Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elijah said unto him, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. Key word there is he said he wouldn't leave him even though the person he's serving is saying, no, wait here. The Lord told me to go to Bethel. See, again, with anointing associations, you're also going to need some quick recognition to recognize what's happening. So he, he picked up some stuff because he had spent so, so much time around Elijah. He understood what was going on in the whole picture. Instead of just, see, sometimes we're so busy, uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with what we want to serve. We're just, all we hear is the instruction. We don't hear what's underneath the instruction with, within the whole picture. So he, so, so he says, nah, he says, I'm not leaving thee. So they, so they went down to Bethel, right? It says, and the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elijah and said unto him. Now, they came forth to the person serving, not to Elijah, the person leading. He says, knowest thou that, thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? Right, the person that's leading him, he's going to take, he's taking your master to another level is basically what he's saying. And he said, yeah, I know it. Hold your peace. So in other words, even though they were kind of talking, he didn't stay engaged with them. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, he's about to go to the level, so I'm about to go to a level. He didn't get into that. He said, hold your peace. Basically, this ain't the time to be focused on that because I have to finish strong. I have to keep, I have to complete my assignment, right? It ain't, Right? So then Elijah said unto, uh, Elijah said unto Elijah, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. Now, he could have hung out in Bethel and just hung around the people that was like pumping him up because his master was going to go to a level. He was going to go to a level. And he said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul, but I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho together. And the sons of the prophets that were in Jericho, again, these anointed associations that's picking up from God, uh, the sons of the prophets of Jericho came to Elijah and said unto him, Knowest thou that, thy, that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yeah, I know it. Hold thy peace. So everybody's speaking out what's about to happen. When you get around the right people, they're speaking out things. It hasn't happened. No one's seen it happen. And what's about to happen has never happened. And they're speaking this out. He, 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 he said, yes, I know it. He didn't go, man, y'all tripping. But he said, hold your peace. This ain't the time to focus on that right now. And Elijah said unto him, tarry, I pray thee here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. This is key. I will not leave thee. And they too went on again to the next location. And 50 men of the sons of the prophet went and stood to view afar off as they stood by the Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle, Elijah the leader, took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither so, so that the two went over on dry ground. He split the Jordan with his mantle. And it came to pass that they, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elijah, ask. Now, he ain't telling them I'm going to another place now. He says, ask what I shall do for thee before I'm taken away from thee. And Elijah said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. 
And he said, thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I, was, when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. Now, he's telling them something. When I go to another level, if you're in proximity, you'll receive a double portion of anointing. If you're not, you won't. Now, he was saying something that he was teaching them something, but he was speaking something to them that he was already operating in. Remember every time he said, hey, wait here, he was like, nah, 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 nah. See, he was already picking something up in his spirit. So it was confirmation to what he had already gotten in his spirit that for whatever reason, I'm picking up my spirit where you at I have to be. Before the man of God ever confirmed where I'm at, you need to be when I go to another level for you to receive my mantle, Right? Uh, and verse 11, and it came to pass that as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared chariots of fire and horses of fire and, and parted them both, both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw it. Remember, he said, if you see me, and he cried, my father, my father. He's talking about Elijah. He says, the chariot of Israel, the horsemen, it says, the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more and took hold of his own clothes and rent them in, into, in two pieces. 13. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah. See, now he's picking up all types of stuff. See, he, he, the person that you look on, you actually can operate like, right? He took up the mantle of Elijah and fell from him and smote the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they departed hither and thither and Elijah went over. So he split the Jordan now because he saw Elijah operate that way. Verse 15, and the sons of the prophet, which were to view at Jericho, saw him and said, and they said, the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elijah. So now he actually has his spirit. Well, double portion, right? And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. So again, there's things you pick up through proximity. See, so, so a lot of times when we're rogue agents, we're out there on our own, like we're missing out on what God wants imparted into us, right? He's pouring things into others to pour into us. He's pouring, th excuse me, he's pouring things into us that he's pouring into others. Right, but sometimes we're so busy. This is the thing. You, you always want to watch trying to be equal with that, that which you should be drawing from. You know, so, so, so it's like if God's pouring something down and, and the next person is here, what he pours down gets poured into them. But if that person decides, well, I just want to be equal, why is it being pouring down? They're not receiving nothing because they're, on, they're alongside which that what they should be underneath, right? That's what happened to Satan, right? He was like, oh, I'm going to make myself like the most high. He wanted to be equal with that which he should have been drawn from. Soon as he decided to be equal with that, that, with, with that which he should have been drawn from, he felt like lightning, right? And so, so, so this is what happens in people's mind. I, you know, God, God is not really trying to uh, make nobody lord over you. He's trying to keep you humble so, because what you submit to, you draw from, Right? Right? You submit to authority, you have authority. But that, that's, that's another teaching we had talked about that before. So let's, let, let's, let's look at this because we're talking about proximity. So I gave you an example of proximity of just somebody who's operating at a level of anointing and the other person that was supposed to receive. Let's look at Luke 1. Luke 1. This is another phenomenal example of anointed associations and what happens when you're in proximity. All right, so, so the backdrop here is uh, Elizabeth has a child. We know that child was who? John, right? I'm sorry. She's impregnated with a child and she was barren, right? We know that was John. The angel comes to what? Mary and tells her she's going to birth Jesus. Let's pick the story up here at verse 41. And it came to pass that when, oh, I'm sorry, he, he uh, impregnated Mary, gives Mary the whole nine yards, but he tells Mary to go what? Visit Elizabeth. Right? He says, oh, she's six months ahead of you. <laughs> right? Go visit Elizabeth. So she rolls up. She, she hurries to go visit Elizabeth, verse 41. And it came to pass when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, 
right? When she just heard, you know, Mary, hi, everybody. That's all she heard. It says, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. When Mary got in proximity, the babe leaped in her womb, and she was filled with the Holy Ghost. No laying of hands, nobody speaking a word, no nothing, right? When an anointed associate got in her proximity, what was on the inside of her got stirred up, right? Verse 42, and she spake out. Soon as she got filled with the Holy Ghost, look, so one Mary gets in the proximity, stirs up the gifts in her. The gifts in her stirs up, and she speaks out to impact Mary. And she spake with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb. So now she's inspiring Mary. It says, and, and, but through the Holy Ghost, though. And whence is, is this to me that, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She says, who am I? She says, for lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed. So she's saying, Mary, you're blessed because you believed God. See, it wasn't just the Holy Ghost coming to you. You had to believe. Remember, Mary said, be it according to your word, Lord. Right? I didn't read that yet, but that, that's earlier in the chapter. Right? Okay, so 45, thank you. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. So sometimes God's telling you stuff, but if you're around anointed associations, they'll confirm it, speak things from God that only God would know. Elizabeth wouldn't have known this. She didn't have the conversation with the Holy Spirit. Mary did. So that's, that, that, that's inspiring Mary to keep moving forward what God said. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For as regarded... Look, look. So now she speaks out to Mary. Mary's so inspired, she's speaking out into the atmosphere what God wants to happen in her life. Remember, as Joan was saying, like you speak in the atmosphere, it, it just moves. So now she's actually prophetically speaking for her own life, right? It says, for he, that is, for he that is mighty has done to me great things. Holy is thy name, and his mercy is on them that fear or reverence him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats, exalted them of low degree. And he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spake to, to our father Abraham and to his seed forever. So now Mary's prophesying. She, she, she. So, so imagine these two having a conversation. Like, they're having a conversation, but their spirits are talking. The Holy Spirit is speaking through both of their vessels. That's what happens when you're around anointed associations. So, so this is the thing. When people allow the gifts of the Spirit to be loosed through them, great things are released into people's lives. When people allow the gifts of the Spirit to be loosed through them, Great things are released into people's lives. That's what took place with, with Mary and Elizabeth. And that's what's supposed to be taking place with us. But if we spend our time around kryptonite, we're not speaking great things in people's lives. We're speaking curses in people's lives. Right? We're, we're actually dousing the gifting in people's lives when we have the wrong motives. See, when we're hustling and manipulating those aren't faith-filled words. Those are fear-filled words. Hustlers are in fear. They don't believe that it'll come to pass without their might. Right? And so, so, so people, you're snared by the words of your mouth. So the hustler reaps the fear-filled words, not the faith-filled words. Right? 1 Peter 4. First, yeah, 1 Peter 4. Let's go there. So, man, I repeat, when people allow the gifts of the Spirit to be loosed through them, great things are released into people's lives. 
See, see, again, the, the person with the wrong motive is not an anointed association. They're speaking things, but that could just attract people to them. But we should be speaking things that attract people to him. People should be manifesting what God placed in them. That's when you know somebody's speaking in your life. But if somebody's just speaking to your life just so you uh, would suck up to them, just so they get props, that's not God. All right, so 1 Peter 4, 10, uh, verse 10. It says, as, as every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God gives us, giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Right? So as God has, as we received the gifts, we're ministering the same one to another. That's why the hoarder and the lorder are dangerous. Because it's really not about giving away their gift. It's about people uh, uh, feeding their gift more and more and more, you know. It's about greed, not feed, right? And that's, Jesus said, feed my seed, <laughs> right? So impartation begins with relationship. Impartation begins with relationship. Impartation is impossible without spiritual and physical affinity between anointed vessels. Remember Jonathan and David? They had, an, they had a connection, right? So impartation is impossible without spiritual and physical affinity between anointed vessels. Elijah and Elijah. There was, there was a connection. Moses and Joshua. There was a connection. Paul and Timothy. There's a connection. Like, like, like Elijah that we read that got the double portion, he, study him out. He served for years. He didn't, it wasn't like a couple days. He wasn't getting a double portion of anointing just because he, you know, he just, he drove by, right? Their hearts were knit. Moses and Joshua, we're going to read Numbers 27. We'll go there, right? Joshua wasn't given, the, given charge over, the, over all those. Remember, when Joe, remember before Moses took the job, he was like, Man, it's, just, it's, it's a lot of people, man. I don't even, I'm not a good speaker. I don't even know if I can do it. So you think the next person that, that's going to be appointed would just be anybody? You have all these people with all these responsibilities. Remember, Jethro was like, man, you need to appoint some captains, man. There's too many people. So, so let's read through here. Let's read here Numbers 27, verse 15. Again, you know, we're talking about anointed association. Uh, uh, verse 15, and Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, this is key. We're going to talk about this during the ordination process, but you get an extra nugget here. And Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, let the Lord, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation. He didn't say, let me set a man over the congregation. He said, let the Lord set a man over the congregation. It says, which may go out before them. And which may go in before them, which may lead them out, and which may bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep which have no shepherd. It says, and the Lord said unto Moses, take thee, who said? The Lord said unto Moses, take thee Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the, is the spirit, and lay thy hands upon him. So it wasn't Moses' desire of who was going to be put in position. We talked about this in the promotion test. Promotion comes from God. This is a perfect example here. And he set him before Elazier, the priest, and before all the congregation that gave him charge in their sight. Right? And it says, and thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him. So now he's saying, I selected him, put your honor upon him, impart your honor upon him, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient to follow him also. And he shall stand before Eliezer, the priest, who shall ask counsel for him after, after the judgment of Urim before the Lord. And his word shall, uh, shall they go out 
I'm sorry, at his word shall they go out, at his word there shall come in, both he and all the children of Israel with him, even all the congregation. And Moses did as the Lord commanded, and he took Joshua, set him before Eliezer, the priest, and before all the congregation, and he laid hands upon him and gave him charge as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. Right? You see the impartation and the proximity, but you think they selected Moses, uh, Joshua just... Okay, remember they sent out 12. How come they didn't select one of the other 12? You see what I'm saying? They selected them for a reason. They knew Joshua would carry the same thing that Moses did. So a lot of times we want to be in position, but can, can God trust you to continue the legacy that he started? See, trust is the oil that lubricates relationships. Got this from a writer, uh, uh, a not... Anizi, A-N-Y-A-S-I. But trust is the oil that lubricates relationships. I mean, you don't do nothing with anybody if you don't trust them. You ain't definitely giving the, the people responsibility over the Lord's uh, house, inheritance, or anything unless you trust them. So, so again, but anointed relationships are, are it's a bunch of people that God trusts. Remember, Mary had to be trusted not just to hear what the Holy Spirit said, but to believe what the Holy Spirit said, to, to obey his next instructions, and to speak it out in the atmosphere, right? Something that has never happened before. Let's, let's look here at, again, we're talking proximity, Romans 1. Another example of this in Romans 1. Anointed associations. See, again, we judge associations based on familiarity, not anointing. We base associations based on what's going to please us, not what's going to please him. You ain't getting no anointing from that. (laughs) You just get more and more kryptonite. Right? So Romans 1 Verse 11. Look at this. It's for I long to see you. Look, that I, may, that I may impart some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. Right? To the end that you may be established. That, uh, verse 12. That is that I may be comforted together with you by mutual faith, both of you and me. Listen to the Wayman's uh, translation. It says, for I am longing to see you in order to convey to you some spiritual help so that you may be strengthened. In other words, that while I am among you, we may mutually encourage encouraged by one another's faith, yours and mine. So he's like, I'm longing to hang out with you so I can impart into you, but you can impart into me and we can build each other up. Right? anointed associations. See, if we're filled with the fullness of God, then whenever we, then whatever we say or do under an anointing will deeply affect those who are hearing. Right? If we're filled with the fullness of God, then whatever we say or do under an anointing will deeply affect those who are hearing. Ephesians 3.19, be filled with the fullness of God, right? In Psalm 23, my cup runneth over. See, if I'm so filled up, if you so much as bump into me, everything in me will pour out all over you, right? That's why, so it's not just being, so when we decide we don't want to be filled up, it doesn't just hurt us, but it's hurt the people that God's bringing in our proximity, right? There's people that came out this weekend and was like, as soon as I walked through the door, Something moved in me. You know, uh, uh, Fernando was, is Fernan- after Friday night, Fernando, from, he's a member from New Jersey. Um, I, we met them through, somehow my wife met his wife. And then they came out to visit. And while they were visiting, we married them. Um, but uh, he said, he says, I'll never forget this day. This was Friday. He was over there Saturday, bawling. Like, 
That was Sunday, I'm sorry, Sunday. Friday, he said, I'll never forget this day. It's it's just the atmosphere around anointed associations. One who receives the anointing or inspiration from God through impartation must protect it through a life of obedience to God, right? Must protect it through a life of obedience to God. Impartation is, is most effective when we are not in awe of men, but in awe of God who uses men and women to impart inspiration and anointing. So impartation is most effective when we're not in awe of men, but in awe of God who uses men and women to impart, uh, to impart inspiration and anointing. So it's not about being in awe of a man, it's being in awe of God. And when everybody's in awe of God, then God just uses those vessels because we're not present. God is doing the imparting. He's just using the yielded vessel. Remember we said live in availability, right? But when it's about my swag or, or my gifting or, you know, or my whatever, you know, it's, it's, we're in a way. All we need to do is yield. We're all in this pool of the anointing and God just moves. That's why the disciples was like, in Acts chapter 4, he's like, and we don't want nobody like worried about their finances, their houses, nothing, because they were so rich in the anointing, they didn't want to, they wanted to continue that momentum. And so that's when they start selling all their stuff and, and giving to the disciples. So, every, so people wouldn't be distracted by need, they can continue to feed, right? That's what the thought was. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll get into um, Sunday. I'll do a little bit of review Sunday, then we'll get into the gift that keeps on giving. But uh, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's stop there and feel either questions or, or comments or, uh, or challenges or insights, or any level of thought or inspirations.